Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today is January 12th, 2017. We've got an hour together. So where did you want to begin? Um, I guess I wanted to speak with Daisy first. Okay, let me get her attention, call her in, so just hold on. Okay. So, Daisy, please. Okay. So, she just shows me an image of sitting sweetly by your side when I ask, what is this image about? Um, She considered herself very much your best friend. She continues to say, I am mom's best friend, even in present time. You know, she says she wished she was there to console you, to crawl into your lap, to be your snuggle bunny. Um, When I asked, what is this about, she says, mom feels, um, well, she shows me an image of your emotions, you know, kind of like rolling hills, a little bit of ups and downs. Um, She says that she wants you to know she feels really, she feels better. She feels better. So I get that's how she's feeling in her, not really body per se, but spirit body, and that's what she wants you to know. Okay, thank you. Yeah, what's your first question for Daisy? Um, Well, I wanted to know, if she knew that she had cancer. Okay. So, Daisy, are you aware of that? You know, she says she knew that there was something that was up, that was big and growing inside her. Um, She says, did I know? She says, I didn't know it as the word you call it, but she knew something was off. With that said, and she does admit she felt like she was carrying it around a while. It doesn't feel like it was all of a sudden a cute kind of uh, an appearance. It had been there for some time, she says. She says that it got heavier with time. So she knew there was something up with her, but she didn't take it seriously. She tells me she was all about love, all about opening the doors of love to you, to your heart. Um, So it's like she was concentrating and paying attention to the more uh, present things in front of her eyes, you know, life in front of her face kind of uh, thing. So she tells me, yes, I was aware, but it wasn't where my focus was, Mom. Okay. And does she know what caused it? Let me ask. Um, Well, she actually is telling me chemicals. When I asked her, can you tell me more about that? Uh, She just feels that there were some chemicals in the environment. You know, you did really good by me is what she also wants you to know. But she's showing me little um, intermittent chemicals being in her diet, being in her food. It doesn't feel like it's with every meal. When I ask, what is this intermittent? She says now and then, she says, things, chemicals sneaked in. She says she had a really resilient body overall. In other words, she considered it a very healthy body up until the end. It wasn't like she was. She doesn't consider herself a weakling or a sickly animal throughout the entire life, but it's like it caught up with her in the end, and that's when it kind of hit her, uh, this chemical accumulation that happened more at the end. Um, she tells me that, It doesn't really matter as well what doesn't matter. She says where they came from. She says all humans, all animals. She says on planet Earth that live in, she says, urban societies. I guess she's just talking about people coming together, not necessarily city life, but just people in groups, civilized modern-day groups, she says, have exposure to such things. Okay. 
Um, I guess my next question she sort of answered was how long did she suffer? Um, yeah, let me ask her that specifically because that's a whole different angle. Let me ask her, were you suffering? There was some pain and discomfort for her at the end. She does admit this. She's giving me the sensation as if she wanted to hug her abdominal area, hug her belly, just kind of, you know, bend over when asked what's this image about. She says there was some discomfort internally. Yes, there was. Um, suffering isn't a word she uses. It was more like she could actually prevent the little jolts of discomfort at times by holding still, keeping quiet, not moving around a lot. She shows me kind of mm-hmm. being sedentary or snail-like. Snail-like is like curled up. She's also showing me the image of being on a couch, keeping warm and staying quiet and safe, she says, was what she was after. It was like her number one kind of way that she could help herself not to feel discomfort. Okay. Um, And I was wondering if she um, was trying to tell me that she was, Uh, you know, that she had this. Oh, okay. Let me ask her that. I, mean, I knew something was wrong, but I wanted to know, like, if, if she was trying to let me know um, okay. what was going on. Um, she says yes in the sense that she was showing you through her body language that she was uncomfortable at times. Uh, she's bringing me down to her, okay, intestines as well, small, large intestine. She's showing me some drying up sensations in the large intestine. She felt like some things were off in her body and she feels there were some clues. She says, it wasn't like I was trying to tell you outright, out loud. Um, It was more like behaviorally. She was demonstrating some signs, some things, well, signs of discomfort and things that were up for her. She says, no blame, Mom. She's wanting you to watch the blame. Don't blame yourself for anything. She says, you and me were all about the love. She says, blame Mm -hmm. has no place in our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's sweet, of course. I've yeah, felt terrible about all of this. And, um, I had it to the vet several times and ran tests, and we didn't know exactly what was going on. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've felt ter- terribly guilty about all of it. Um, and I'm wondering if we'd found it earlier, would it have helped? Um, Let me ask her. She says, probably not. She says, what you would have done is you would have been worried and nervous knowing that I had it and that there wasn't much that could be done about it. So you would have spent more, she shows me months actually, like a two-month time period, being in worry, being in concern. Um, Mm -hmm. And she shows me she would rather have had you uh, go into that mode for a far shorter period of time than that. She says, so... Everything happens for a reason. She thinks she actually, well, not she didn't. The scenario of when you found out or discovered what was up for her body panned out in such a way where it was actually, she says, of service to you in the regard mm-hmm. of you being out of worry longer, less than t- less time than you really needed to be. It could have been longer yeah. if you discovered it earlier. Um, Daisy says that, Okay, she's showing me an image of you in a teepee, which is symbolic. It's uh, obviously not literal. What is this symbolic for? Um, Mom closing herself off. Mom covering herself up, keeping to herself. What is it? Tell me more about this. She says, tell Mom it's okay to feel like this, to want to keep to herself, to integrate, she says, the loss. She says, eventually there will be a light at the end of the tunnel, and she shows me after a period of grief, you going through the grief, 
over her. She shows me you walking out of the teepee and kind of rejoining the world. And she just mm-hmm. says to you, this is part of the process. And she's showing me an image of being with you every step along the way. Actually, she's in the teepee with you. So she's wanting you to know she is with you side by side. She's often on the couch beside you in spirit form because she keeps showing me that repeatedly. I'm here with mom. I'm here with mom is what she says. Yeah, I miss her. I'm I'm wondering if she's with me. Um, She is. She also follows you to bed to make sure you get tucked in. She says, Mom, Mm. cover yourself up good so your feet stay warm at night. Mm. So, yeah, she she is with you in spirit form. She hasn't left your side very much. She is fully aware that she's over on the other side. She's fully crossed over, and so I say the other side, but she, of course, has the ability to be here and there and everywhere, wherever she wants to be, basically. But she's, she's there, but she's also choosing to do a lot of visitation with you. One of your cats, Daisy mentions, is observing you intently, observing you going through this process, watching you in a, um, a neutral, peaceful kind of manner. Daisy doesn't give me the name of which cat. She just really uh-huh. acknowledges whichever cat this is. So whoever's doing more watching of you, like really staring, I, I see the cat eyes staring at you, um, know that you have that cat support Daisy wants you to know. Oh, It'll probably be Teddy. (laughs) Um, uh, I was wondering how her transition was to the other side. Okay. Daisy, how did your transition go for you, your experience of it? Okay, so she shows me leaving her body uh, in like a, a deep breath exhale. And at the end of that exhale, she shows me popping over into a space of warm. I, it's like having a heat lamp, she says, on your body. There's a lot of heat. There's a lot of warmth on the other side. Um, it's actually a very visceral sensation on our spiritual skin. It's kind of like having the sun, like sunbathing. Um, she tells me she's very, okay, we're switching gears for a moment. I've got to follow her lead very best. She tells me she was very cat-like in nature, even though she was a dog. Uh, if you ever noticed her stretched out on her belly um, with her front legs forward and her back legs out in a kind of unusual (laughs) way behind her. She's showing me this, calls it a belly stretch, uh, but she's laying down when asked, what is this all about? I'm relaxing. Tell mom that even on the other side, I relax like this. So when she got over there, back to the original question, the sun bathes her warmly, and she shows me a beautiful rainbow that represents just there's beauty over here on the other side. Now, she also shows me an image of looking down and seeing you hugging her body. So I get she was able to have that kind of higher perspective of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she says that you had good control of the moment when I asked her, what does this mean? It, it's just about mom. It's like you, you wrote things out with Daisy there in the last few days is what she emphasizes. And then she shows me as if things were planned, you know, if things were planned regarding, I believe it's regarding her transition. She says it was. And then she shows me an image of, you did everything right, she says to you. Mom did everything right. So Mm -hmm. you plan things, and she's showing me like it was, Beautiful sometimes is an odd word to use associated with uh, the passing of a creature, but she's using this Mm -hmm. word. She says, Mary Beth, my passing was beautiful. It was calm. Mm -hmm. It was serene. And you were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was. was. 
Yeah, one of the worst moments of my life. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know if she had a feeling or when I, I, I got her that she was um, reincarnated from another dog that I had had, the dog Callie. So I want to know if, if she was the reincarnate of Callie. Okay. Uh, so let me take a look at Callie's energy, her, her unique signature, and then Daisy. So Callie was what kind of dog, what color as well? She was um, a mixed breed. Um, um, I'm going to describe her. She was much bigger than Daisy, short-haired, pointy ears, uh, tan, like a, a richer um, kind of tan or caramel sort of color. Okay, um, okay, Long right. tail. Mm-hmm. All right, so universities, show me the, the symbol signature for Callie. Okay, and show me the symbol signature, please, for Daisy. Oh, yeah, I do get she was the reincarnation. So um, every communicator does that question different. Um, for me, I always ask the universe for a symbol, and I get a flower, uh, a flower as a symbol in this case for Callie, and I also get a flower symbol for Daisy as well. So, um, yeah, this is the same being reincarnated. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's funny because as soon as I heard that she was probably not going to make it, I started calling her Callie, and it just, I had no, like, control over it. Like, every time I, instead of, instead of saying Daisy, whenever I would try to say her name, it would just, I would say Callie. It was very odd. And then I became more aware of it, and I, I was correcting myself, like, when I was talking to people. And people were saying, oh, why are you calling her Callie? And I'm like, I don't know. And I, but I always felt like she was Callie. So I just thought it was maybe like her talking through me or something and saying, you know, I'm Callie again, you know, like my energy has moved again. And um, so, yeah. Yes. Um, her, you're, yes. And, and Daisy's actually acknowledging she's, she's nodding her head. That's exactly what you sense, a similarity in the energy, a sameness in the energy. Um, now she gives me the two words, similarity and sameness, and now she's going back to similarity. She says, in every incarnation, we evolve a bit more. We have a slightly different plan, sometimes a vastly different plan. Um, she says she was your lover in this lifetime, um, love bug, lover, okay? She says, as Callie, she says it was more of a, a learning experience. When I was Callie, I as Callie learned. When I asked, what did you learn as Callie? She says, how to receive love. So it's like as Daisy, she gave it. As Callie, she gave it and she received it, but she was really focusing as the Callie dog, as the receiver of it. You taught me things too, Mom, she says as Callie. It's like Daisy came in knowing a little more, well, a lot more. <laughs> she gives herself a lot of credit, um, knowing a lot more. Um, she says, and I love my mom twice as much. In other words, twice as much the first time as Callie and twice as Daisy. Aww. <laughs> um, I was wondering if, I wanted to ask her if she will be coming back to me again. I don't feel like our time is up yet. Um, she just taught me so much and uh, I would love to have her in my life again and I'm wondering when and where um, and in what form okay got it so Daisy please so any plans on reincarnating back to Mary Beth in Mary Beth's lifetime this lifetime of course we're all talking about Um, she says that the probability exists she says I have no details for you at this point she feels you are not through the grief process yet. <laughs> when I ask, does that matter yeah. compared to this process? She says, well, yes, in the sense that it's like she can't even look. She can't even, 
um, it's not even, she won't, she won't answer that question for me. It's like she hasn't even gone there in her thought pattern at this point because she's still here with you doing something else. She's being beside you. She's being your confidant, your buddy as you, she's not leaving your side as you go through the grief process. So she, she can't go there with that question. When I ask um, if we, uh, is there any angle you can ask that, answer that question from Daisy? She says, nope, not at this time. She shows me stuck like glue next to you, Velcro dog. Okay. okay. That's what she's doing now. Um, I was, yeah, I was wondering about the form. I had a, a dream, and I was wondering if it was her in the dream. It was a very, um, very, very vivid dream, and it was more like I was there in the dream. It, um, like it was actually happening, I'm sorry, um, as opposed to being a dream. Okay. So, just, uh, so I was wondering if, if she would be coming back to me in the form of the dog that was in the dream. Okay, so Daisy, if you think about and tune into your person's reference here, will you be this future, will you look like this future dog in the dream? She says maybe, it's not set in stone yet. She says again, the probability is there. She feels that what you and, I feel, she says, I feel like mom was picking up was like me hinting towards a future possibility. Again, I don't see this stitched into time. I don't see it stitched in in a we can say it's definitely going to happen kind of way. There is, I mean, I've got to be honest, there's ambiguity around the panning out of it. I mean, sometimes, you know, when I ask animals this question, you know, even days after they're passing, they're very clear caught on yes or no. In this case, it's like yes, perhaps, but nothing is set, nothing set into motion at this point. Um, you and her, by the way, your heart connection is very unique is what she's telling me. She shows me the image of a, a little red heart drawn on her heart and she's got like this string or connector device that connects to your heart and you've also got a little red heart. This is a love connection, she explains to me. Okay, what is it we're talking about, Daisy? She says, me and mom, she shows me an image of you putting her, your arm around her. We've been around the block a few times. So um, in other words, the idea of you have been with her in other lifetimes. Uh, it's not like mm-hmm. she's totally brand new to you. And she just wants to let you know, old buddies recognize old buddies. If and when I come back again, mom will once again recognize my energy. She will have to have me. You'll have that impression of, oh, my God, I have to have this being, have to have this dog. When I asked Daisy, if you did come back, would you be a dog or would you be a cat or some other species? Oh, I'd be a dog, she says. Mom needs a dog in her life. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's true. Um. I want to tell, of course, how much I loved her. And I wanted to know if she enjoyed her life with me. And if there's anything that she didn't like um, or anything I could have changed. Okay, so first question. What did you like about your life? Did you like your life? She loved her life. She felt she was the center of attention, the center of your world. Now she also shows me, even though she was the center of your world, there's another cat, one of your two cats, not both. Um, very, very present, very, very central, very as a very close second to Daisy. So she kind of puts number one on herself, center of your world, and then the cat, she gives a number two. And what more do you want to say about this? Um, she says we were both mom's teachers. So number one and number two represent the designation of teachers for you in your life at that time. And what did you specifically like about your life with mom? She showed me an image of following you in the house, following you around. Tell me what else. Uh, treat. She shows me an image of you handing her something, a goodie, 
a treat, as she calls it. She likes little special gifts or presents in this way. What else did you like? She shows me watching you leave the house, and she's looking out the window and asks, what is this image about feast? She says, I was mom's escort to the door when she would leave. Okay, and what else did you like about life? She shows me an image of being in bed with you. Snuggling is also the word associated with that. What else did you like about your life with your person? She says she picked me. She thought I was the cutest thing on the planet. Okay. And anything you didn't like, Daisy, about your life with your person? Um, she says, I can't think of a thing. She would sometimes, uh, she shows me a cat getting pet and her coming over and being like, okay, I've waited long enough, my turn now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really sense jealousy over the cat, but more like, okay, I want to be involved too, I want to be included. Um, and I don't see her rushing right over and pushing the cat out of the way. I see her being very respectful and being like, okay, you're petting the cat, you got a second hand, um, and I'll, I'll take some attention too. Uh, she tells me that she would allow you some kitty time first, but then it was like she was as a, coming close as a runner-up a close second. Okay. Anything else you want to say on these questions? She says, I had an A-plus kind of lifestyle with my person. Again, she says, I was the center of your, her world. Now, she says she was a mature girl. Okay, didn't see herself as a baby. And yet, she shows me as if you absolutely adored taking care of her. You loved, as Mary Beth, taking care of this dog. And she shows me eating that right up. And she says, in part, that she, you needed somebody to kind of take care of. Um, I want to say in the last two years, actually. These last two years, you needed somebody to take care of, and she shows me herself volunteering. Um, she shows me the cats. Uh, it's interesting, she says. The cats are in their own category. They're not dogs. Um, so she filled the position of mom needs somebody to be full caretaker of, and she allowed that, allowed herself to be that. And we're not talking anything regarding her illness here. This is just her volunteering. Okay. Does this make sense? Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, um, I guess I wanted to know, um, will she be giving me some signs um, in the future that she's with me? Um, okay. Absolutely. And what is it like in the spirit world, I guess, that was another question I have. Okay, sure. So two questions. So your first one, she's showing me an image of the blue sky and clouds. Um, so wind and air is her, her sign or signal for you when I ask. And so when, they, when the wind rushes and the trees, uh, she shows me flowering trees like being in motion, and she shows me an image of the wind just cascading through the branches in a beautiful way and you observing the wind. She says, I am like the breath of the wind. What about the sky reference? What, she says it's just about atmosphere, air, wind. So those are her signals. Anything else besides that? Butterflies as well. Okay, because they are wind creatures, she says. They move on the wind. All right. And um, the reason she's choosing wind, she also comments, is because I like the feeling of it running between the hairs of my ears. Um, When she would be outside, a warm wind, she shows me an image of, like, just a very gentle wind. We're not talking a strong gust here. And it just kind of lifting some of the tendrils on top of her ears. She liked that. Um, then the next image she gives me is like being in your arms. We ask, what is this image about? She says, strong gusts of wind or being cold would catapult me up high. <laughs> okay. As far as what's it like on the other side, 
She says, well, I'm mostly here with mom right now. She says, but it's beautiful. It's, um, she's showing me a golden-colored bird bath. What is this? Um, it's not a bird bath for birds. It looks like a bird bath, but she says when you gaze into it, and she's showing me a reflection, her own reflection in it, it actually is a vessel of information. She's showing me herself actually asking it a question. Uh, she says the question I ask doesn't matter, but the answer is revealed. She says some people, some beings on the other side, use it like a direction advice um, when they're asking where to go for this or that bit of information. It's like the vessel orienteers them in the right direction. Um, she hasn't used it very much, but she says there's a lot of wisdom and knowledge of the other side. Um, now she is showing me an image of herself reading a book. What does this mean, please? She says, it's, I'm a student over here. It just represents symbolic. I'm a studier or student, and what are you studying? She says, how to best take care of my mom right now, how to help humans out of their grief. It's interesting. She is allowing you to have your process, Mary Beth. She's not rushing you through it, but she is doing some studying up on the other side about how to best support you. By the way, if you ever feel her pushing into your left thigh whenever you're sitting on the couch. She shows me like she's been trying to impress upon you her pressure, her spirit body pressure, um, her physical pressure. Uh, so she's been kind of actually working on that. So if you're noticing mm -hmm. sensations or feelings of her body against yours or an unusual, it would be light, of course, light and subtle sensation, she just says, I've been working on this, Mom. I've been reading about this. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what other questions I might have. Um, um, yeah, I guess the, the big one was signs, I guess, just so that I know that she's with me. And um, um, and I'm also wondering if her, if my um, depression or fear anxieties, you know, um, did anything to... What am I trying to say? I hope it didn't cause the cancer or I didn't want her to be stressed out because of me. But I know I'm sure she was at times. You know, she didn't know how to help me. Um, what she shows me is when she was in the physical, there, was, there were times like she tried really hard uh, to help you not feel lonely, not feel sad. Um, I get a little depressed. Um, and she says she tried to help you. Uh, she feels she did a pretty good job to the best of her ability. Um, she says, Mom, you didn't give me cancer. She really wants to point that out. I didn't take anything from you to create cancer in my body. Um, she's also showing me now an image of you doing breathing exercises. I would put this kind of in the meditation, excuse me, meditation category. When asked, what is this about, Daisy? Mom needs to do this. Deep breathing exercises. Why does she need to do this? It helps her keep her head on straight. helps her keep balanced. It allows her vision to be clearer as well. It helps you to have a clear head. Okay. okay. What else for her? Um, I sound like another question. Were there any particular foods that she liked that I okay. gave her? 
Yeah, she just shows me treats. Finger, <laughs> um, uh, finger. She calls it a finger food, but I get your actually. It feels like it's the dog version, not an actual people food thing. And she shows me handing to her. This may have been a small biscuit. It seems small. I want to say it was crunchy between her teeth. She would take it and go off with it um, in order to chew it on the floor. I don't see her going too very far from you. Not like she had to go and hide it. But I would take it, she says, and I would eat it. And she shows me enjoying that one. Ask any other foods in, in your lifetime, Miss Daisy, that you enjoyed, your body enjoyed. She says, well, I would always pay attention to what mom was eating. She's giving me the odor of maybe hot dogs, cooked meat um, in the air. When I ask, tell me more about this, she says, well, that was always an exciting smell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Anything that was smoked as well, um, what would be smoked, Daisy? I, I, she gives me bacon. Okay. Um, so anything along those lines, I'm not getting smoked veggies, but it feels like she's talking more, again, cooked meat in this instance, and anything else you enjoyed in your body. I mean, foods are so pleasurable for so many beings. Um, she says, well, I was always a lady. I was, I was an asker with my eyes at what, she want, what I wanted when I wanted something. Sometimes, she says, sometimes mom would give it to me. She wanted to keep me healthy, too. She didn't want me to be a fat dog. She feels that you were discriminating about what you would give her and what you would not, and you were looking out for her. She knew that. She says, I had to sit pretty sometimes. Her sitting pretty, she shows me sitting down. Tell me more. She says, well, I was polite. I was mom's polite little girl. She says, sometimes the cat, again, no name here on the kitty, sometimes the cat would ask as well. (laughs) Okay. Um, trying to think if I had a question before, before I move on to um, Teddy. Mm-hmm. Can you think of anything else that might be helpful? Um, let me ask her, Daisy, is there anything Mary Beth ought to know that hasn't come up yet? Um, she wants you to sleep well at night. Uh, she shows me an image of you stretching your arm uh, kind of up near your head. You're, you're bending at the elbow. What is this all about? Tell mom to do stretches before bedtime and she will sleep better. Okay, what kind of stretches should your mom do? She shows me something as simple as you standing up and, you know, reaching your fingers towards the sky and then you bending over, you know, towards touching your toes, um, telling mom to bend at the waist. She thinks your back is kind of tight. Your backbone feels tight. She's not giving me any pain sensations, but she just thinks that if you were to lubricate your joints through stretching, before bed, you're going to sleep better. She thinks there's times you stay at night, at least for a few minutes, thinking, thinking, thinking. She also says stretching helps to relax and ease the mind. She says, I watch what you're going through, Mom. And she, again, the thinking, thinking, thinking while you're laying in bed. She says one of the cats is um, methodical, a method, there's a method. I don't know what word she's giving me exactly. It's about a method of purring. I want to say one of the cats is purring up near your head. Uh, this is associated with nighttime and that it's like that cat is humming or offering music in this way. Daisy, what are we talking about here? She says the cat has really stepped up in helping mom in the physical to sleep well. Give the cat credit. Okay. Thank you, Daisy. Um. I guess I can, can I talk to Teddy now? Sure. And, you know, both their pictures come through with their coloring, at least on my monitor screen, almost being the same. So one is in a basket and the other seems to be on a a chair with a floral cushion. Which one Mm -hmm. is Teddy? 
Teddy's the first one in the basket. I guess I should have sent you like a full picture of him. Um, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Body. All right, excellent. So, Teddy, please, Theodore, Teddy. Okay. He says, I'm the one the cat, excuse me, the dog is talking about. I am the cat, the cat, <laughs> who Daisy huh. keeps up. He calls himself very much your caretaker. He shows me an image of, he's been watching you. He has been, you know, if this cat could make you tea and hand it to you to console you, he would. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of caretaking he's talking about. He has caring for you. Um, He tells me that he wants you to pet his fur, pet him along the length of his back, and smile. He's trying to cheer you up. Mm -hmm. What else for Teddy? Um, I was wondering why he fights with Sarah. So he often wants to have her kind of stay on the peripheral, stay on the uh, perimeter uh, when asked, what is this about? It's about him being more present in front of you and her being more in the background when asked, why would you want this, Teddy? He says, because I want Mama all to myself. He wants to kind of, well, he wants to nurture you and take care of you, and he sees Sarah sometimes as a distraction. When asked, Teddy, is, is this really a kindness to Sarah? He says, well, she doesn't mind so much. Um, it'll be uh, interesting when we talk with Sarah about how she feels about this. Um, Teddy, can is it possible for you to be super, super kind to Sarah and not do this behavior? He says, well, listen, right now somebody has to take care of Mom. Daisy and me used to do it together. Now it's just me. So can Sarah help out? He claims that she doesn't know how, that she's quiet by nature and a little bit more aloof and a little bit more in the background. Um, and he just says, she's a very nice cat. I love my sister. But he, he is showing me being a little, um, he's putting his arms around you, a little gentle uh, possessiveness of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says it's about. Um, Mary Beth, when he does this behavior, how often does it happen, and is it associated with your presence, food bowl, litter box, anything that you can pinpoint? Um, yeah, he does it more, um, I think he does a little bit more with me. You know, I can see that there's a jealousy thing. But then I've seen it just happen just, you know, out of the blue, too. You know, I'm not really around, and I'll hear, like, a little cry, and, you know, he'll be doing that to Sarah. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really about trying to keep her in the background. What, so he, he, he has this idea that if he keeps her kind of sequestered in the background, keeps her in the side rooms, keeps her kind of living from, uh, he shows himself being more outgoing, more, he's very loving. He's actually very sweet. There's a sweetness to him, um, very social with you. And he just says, yes, yeah, yeah, light jealousy there too. Um, okay, Sarah, I'm going to call her in because we need to, Sarah. Uh, when Theodore goes after you, what is your perspective about what this is about? So maybe we can kind of make some headway today in this behavior. She says, he's being rude. He tells me to stay put. And she shows me an image of like being in a back room. Um, he wants me to stay there. And when I come out to do my thing, which is stretch her legs, walk around, be in the sunshine, he has mood swings where she feels he kind of goes after her and is like, get back in the room. And then there's other times she can walk around the room just fine and he does nothing. So it is, she admits a bit, a bit hit and miss. Um, do you like his behavior? She says, no, mom needs to tell him to stop. He listens to mom. Okay, 
So Mary Beth, my two cents would be take Sarah's advice. Um, Theodore is all ears right now, and I mean I can ask it of him to have, please, Theodore, have a generosity of spirit when it comes to Sarah. Your relationship with your person, Mary Beth, can never be stepped on. Sarah can never step on the toes of your relationship with your person because every relationship is so unique. He says, I get this, I understand this, but you're not mom. Okay, so again, Mary Beth, now out loud, in the days ahead, now and in the days ahead, I would encourage you every day, make a sticky note for yourself if you have to remind yourself, ask Theodore to have a generosity of spirit towards Sarah and that you want Sarah to bond with you more and that he needs to give space for that to happen. Because really I get, you know, and Sarah has a nice bond with you. She really does. But it's like she gets told repeatedly by Theodore, stay back, stay back, away from mom. And that's really, it's not not nice. Talk with him about it out loud. Okay, I will. I'm wondering how his health is, Um, if anything bothers him, um, especially his front legs. Um, And he has a few bumps too. Okay. So Theodore, she's asked about a few areas on your body, your physical body. How are you feeling? He says, I'm getting along just fine. Um, can you tell me about your front legs? What, what does she need to know about them? He says, there's been no changes. It's the same old, same old. Uh, he says, okay, he says I'm an older cat. He does not consider himself a senior, by the way. He, he says, yes, I'm 11. He says, but in my mind, that's just a mature adult. He feels like an 8-year-old cat in an 11-year-old body. Okay, and how about the bumps she's referencing? He feels these are surface level, skin level. Um, are you, uh, okay, so I want to make sure we're talking about the same bumps. Are you, are you noticing ones on, I would say on his back, but not on the vertebrae itself, maybe a little bit off to the side? I didn't notice any on his back, no. So he's drawing my attention to which side is it? Uh, I want to say it's more on the left side. Um, so take a feel at some point for a little tiny bump, maybe the size of a pea along the left upper rib cage area. Okay, it's not in the rib cage. It feels more like on the skin, kind of like um, oh, kind of like maybe a little uh, bite of some sort from an insect or something. Sometimes you'll have swelling and it'll stay pea-sized. He's giving me something like that. It's very mild. It's very small. It's not growing. It's dormant. There's nothing wrong with the cells. Um, where are the bumps that you're talking about so I can pinpoint these with him? There's one behind his, one of his ears. I'm not sure. I can't remember if it's his left or his right. And then there's okay. a larger one on, the, on his foot. Okay. So let's talk about the one, the one behind one of your ears. He says no big deal. Um, it is palpable. You can feel it with your fingers. He says it has not grown in size. He feels about the same. It's kind of hard. He tells me it's kind of hard. Um, does this cause you any pain? He says no. Does it cause you any tension, headaches, muscle pulling of anything? He says no. He says it's a long way from my heart. He doesn't feel there's anything you need to know about it. The only sensation he gets is because of its position, it does pull a little bit on some of the, the fascia um, that's on the un- which is underneath the skin and on top of muscles uh, at the base of the ear. So there's a little bit of pulling sensation there because of its shape, but there's no pain. Um, he shows me an image, too, of loving having you scratch his side of his cheeks. He just loves that. As far as the one that's on your, your limb, your leg, again, he does no his chin deal. as well, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Okay. Um, he doesn't feel you have anything to worry about any of these. 
He's got them, and they've been there for a while. And he just shrugs like they're no big deal. How do you feel in the rest of your body, Theodore? He says, I feel good. He's, t- he's going back to the conversation we had before. He says, you have to tell Mom, one of the reasons why I take care of her is I think that I have to because there's nobody here to take care of Mom. This isn't mm-hmm. just about Daisy leaving. He says, I took care of Mom before Daisy left as well. I've just upped it since then in a light fashion. He says, Mom needs to tell me that she can take care of herself. He, he seems to be under the impression that he thinks sometimes you doubt uh, your ability to take care of yourself. Um, he, he's, he's, like, giving me that idea. Um, do you ever have those thoughts, Mary Beth? That I can't take care of myself? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So he's picking this up right. Um, Theodore, what advice then or what do you want to tell her about this? He says she needs to believe in herself. He shows me an image if he wants you to step into your, <laughs> your big girl boots, pull up your big girl pants, and he says, um, believe in yourself. It's about in- embracing your confidence, he says. He says, you are a marvelous woman. He says, if you were a cat, you'd be my girlfriend. That's how much in love he is with you. Um, <laughs> he says, you are doing great. He says, you can make it in this world. And he's saying to, okay, He's saying to a past figure, if you were ever told or ever picked up the impression when you were much younger about somebody saying you're not going to be able to make it on your own, he said, don't buy that. It's like he's having you talk back to that figure, that person, and saying, oh, I don't believe in that. I can take care of myself. He wants your confidence in you to grow. Okay. Okay. Um, Thanks, Eddie. (laughs) I love Bug. Um, does he have any favorite foods? Um, can't seem to forget what he likes, and he doesn't seem to like a lot of fresh foods. Maybe a couple, but um, so I'm a little confused about that. Okay, so Teddy, how about that? Food. He says, "Well, I have to sniff it first, and if I if it passes the sniff test, he says, then I'll eat it." You know, for him. It feels like foods, uh, it just it depends on truly if he's hungry. He tells me foods for him, is, it's just sustenance. Um, there are more important things to life besides food. Um, but, it, but she's curious, is there any foods that you really specifically prefer? Because she would love to nurture you in that way, I'm sure, by giving you such things. He says, I change my mind often. Um, what do you like right now, buddy? Treats. Showing me little treats. Um, this is what I would like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you want to eat besides trees? Um, he's showing me canned fish. This may be tuna or something that feels more human-oriented versus a cat version. What is this about, Teddy? Tell her she can give me some cooked fish. I would like that. Um, okay. What about pet food-wise, cat food-wise? He says, yeah, she can put it down and I'll decide then. So if you're noticing finickiness or him changing his mind, it's because he really does change his mind. It depends on his mood. Food for him, you know, there's some beings out there that, like dogs, you know, a lot of dogs, they love to eat. And then there's others that are more like Teddy. They're like, oh, you know, food, it just gets me along through the world. But it's not the biggest deal. Okay. Um, I wanted to thank him for taking care of me. And um, how, I guess, can we communicate in the future? Dear meows mean different things. He can be kind of a little demanding at times, and sometimes I don't really understand what he wants although I would love to. 
Okay. So what are some of the reasons that you are, what do you want her to know when you're getting demanding with your meows? Sometimes he wants you to get up, walk to the kitchen, and make yourself something like a cup of tea, something, uh, why do you want her to get up? Because she can't sit down all the time. Um, what is this about, Teddy? She needs to keep moving. Okay. He's, he's telling me that depression is more easily set in when a body, a human body, is sedentary. Um, mm-hmm. Sadness, depression, when you're sedentary. It's like he wants you to get up and move. Now, I get he's been doing this more than just since Daisy's passing, so we are talking more long-term here. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes he just wants you to move. That's get up. Go do something, okay. is what he says. There are other times he's demanding because he wants your attention or he wants something from you, like, go get me food. Um, so yeah. those are different examples of, so don't think it's all, you know, the demand is the same desire each time. There are many different reasons why he does that. Um, you know, uh, jogging is what he's showing me. He says, Mary Beth, he says he doesn't feel you think of yourself as a jogger, but he says, get out there and move those arms and legs, and he shows me you jogging. Theodore, what is this about? She has to move her body. Grief, he says, more easily moves through the body's energy field. In other words, you know, comes into us, we process it, and goes out when the body is in locomotion. When the body is sedentary, sitting, thinking, he says that's no good. And, and he, he poo-poos that, like, you don't want to do that. It's not in the highest service of you. Get out and move. And then come back home, sit on the couch so I can put my two feet on you and ask for attention and petting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now I guess I have some questions for Sarah. Okay. Um, I want to know why um, she's so scared or, you know, quiet. Um, I mean, I guess we answered some of that with Teddy probably. Okay, um, sure. But we can ask it this way too. We'll probably get more. Sarah, so yeah, how about that? Why are you scared? She says, I feel like I have to live, yes, life in the background, in the shadows. I feel like Theodore is center stage in your life, Mom, and I'm like the crew on stage who just moves pieces, furniture around a rather insignificant roller part. She says, if Theodore was less bossy, she says, I would be able to, she shows me herself coming out more, being more present, petting by you out in the main room. Um, She says, I don't want to deal with him. She tells me there's time she keeps to herself just because she doesn't want to put up with Teddy. Um, Tell me more. Can your person help you with this, actually? Can she help you? She says, Teddy will listen to her, but Mom just doesn't think she knew what to do about it. And Teddy can be bossy at times. And he comes across as a sweet man, and she says he is a very sweet cat, but Mom doesn't notice that he's telling me in a bossy manner. Stay back. Stay back, Sarah. Um... So I'm going to let Sarah know that we have we see this now, and we're, we're calling you out on it, Teddy, and we're asking for, again, I'm going to use the word generosity of spirit because when I find, I've found over the years that when I use that with an animal, Mary Beth, animals really perk huh. up and get that at a deep level. Hmm. Um, being kind, Teddy, perhaps is something that you could blossom into. Kinder, you're very kind already, but kinder to Sarah. Do you know what this would look like? He says it would look like not making her stay in the room, in the bedroom. Um, He also feels this would be like giving her permission to be as outgoing as him. But see, he's also got a bit of resistance around that. I can feel that. What's this resistance? He wants to be number one honcho in your life now that you're very available because Daisy's not there. Um, Mm -hmm. The dog always outdid him. 
again, he agrees that Daisy did number one on her and number two on him, but he was a very close number two is what he says. So back to Sarah. How, how do you want to live your life with your person, Sarah, in an ideal world? She says, I want to, I'm very gentle and very kind by nature. I want to love my person the way I want to love, which is in a soft, quiet fashion. She says, if Mr. Bossy would let me, she says, I will come out more into the living room. So she really liked to kind of be more like that. And it's interesting. She shows me underneath the skittishness, underneath the um, being scared because he, Theodore, may surprise her. He has surprised her around corners, by the way, in the past that kind of spooked her, like he wasn't there one minute and all of a sudden there he was, you know, jack in the box, mm-hmm. big face. Interesting, mm-hmm. she shows me an image of him popping up around the corner. He's not doing a full chase or attack after her, but just the popping alone is enough to startle her back, back and away. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm sorry about my cat in the background. Okay. <laughs> um, Sarah would like your help with this. Um, how, how do you want her to help you? She doesn't um, know. You know. Yeah, she can be very, like, kind of a little timid. Not all the time, but a lot of the time, like, she doesn't like to cuddle all that much or be hugged. She doesn't like to be groomed all that much. Um, and she gets a little skittish with all those things. I mean, she lets me, but she's not, like, thrilled with it. And there are times when she's very cuddly, but not all that much. Like I said, she's yeah. always sort of... And I want to know, too, like, why is that? And I want to make sure her health is okay if anything bothers her. Um, and okay. my other question is, how does she feel about Teddy? But um, yeah, we've, we've kind of gone over some of that. So Okay. So, okay. So why is that when she pets you and she wants to just have you relax under her fingers as she strokes you? And yet sometimes, sometimes you pull away. Um, she says, because I know he's going to be coming around the corner at some point or he's going to be right there. When mom sits down, Teddy shows up. She just shows me him coming on scene. Um, so is Teddy always between you and your mom, Sarah? She says, no, not always, but he's usually there watching. And under his watchful gaze, she says, even if he's a room over, a room away, she says, I feel like I have to watch my back. If you were to let your guard down, Sarah, and know that your mom, since she knows what's going on now in a kind of full-spectrum kind of way, was to say, I'm monitoring the situation, and you don't have to worry about me petting you right now because I've got you know eyes and ears in the back of my head on Teddy, too. If your mom was kind of watching over the, the moment, would you be able to relax more into the moment on your end? She says probably, probably. Um, what's coming through? Okay, wow, this is coming from Teddy. Oh, thank you, Teddy. This is a great suggestion. He says for you to say out loud to Sarah regularly. I do want you to blossom. Blossom into who you really are, Sarah. You're not this skittish thing. You're not this timid cat at times. You are, because really underneath that, she's just lovely. This is a beautiful being inside and out. Um, Ask her to show you her true colors. Wow, Teddy's being very helpful now. Thank you, Teddy. That's beautiful. Um, So use his words since he knows her. He knows her very well because they are siblings. He knows her thoughts, he knows her energy and what she can respond to. So when you get the recording um, in 24 Hours, Mary Beth, make sure you write all these things down so that you can use these words. Certain words, just like with certain people, do really touch us on deeper levels vibrationally. So I encourage the, the word use. As far as how she's feeling in her body, Sarah, she says she doesn't want to talk about that. She doesn't think it's important. 
your, your person is curious. Anything you can say? Are you feeling good in your body, feeling bad, anything in between? She says, I'm feeling good enough. I'm fine. Um, she shows me an image of using a litter box that feels like it's outside the main room. Main room to me is always a living room. Uh, what is this about that you're showing me? She says, sometimes I have to sneak into it. Uh, she wants to use the litter box, or often does use the litter box, kind of like sight unseen. Sight unseen from who? From Teddy. Um, she also gives me the impression there are moments that she sometimes holds it a little bit longer, her stool specifically, not so much urine. She holds it longer in her body than she really ought to. It gets a little uncomfortable, but she's just waiting to make sure Teddy is elsewhere so she can have the, the, the thing, the, the litter box to herself is what she tells me because she feels like the litter box location is a little exposed, like he could easily come through a doorway or around a corner and she could easily get surprised because of the location of the box relative to the door. Do you know which box she's talking about? Um, yeah, I guess so, yeah. When I ask her, is there a different yeah. location that's more ideal, away from the doorway? So it's like getting it further away from the doorway because if he did come through the room, it's like she would have a little bit more, okay, I see him, and yeah, there's a little bit more time, she says. Mm-hmm. And this is, I really don't see him pouncing on her or giving her a problem in or around the litter box, and yet she's got this little insecurity that kind of runs in the background. It's like a little program running in her head. Oh, I've got to watch where Teddy is. So she is kind of all eyes, all ears on him a lot of times, which puts her in a little bit of um, mild stress mode. And I say it's very mild because it's not a huge deal. It's on a scale of 0 to 10 as far as how much stress Teddy is causing her regarding this topic of the litter box. On a scale of 0 to 10, 0 being 0 stress, which is a 1. But it is there. Okay. When it comes to him being present and you giving her attention when he's present in the room, her stress level is a 6. So she's a lot more worried and insecure. Um, Mary Beth, something that I'll offer you here, uh, something I've observed in the past is sometimes if we take some of our cats that have insecurities or tip and this on occasion, like Sarah has. If you play with her on a daily basis, Sarah, do you like to play? She says, string toys. I like to watch things. She shows me going back and forth like a pendulum, left and right, left and right. She likes to watch this. Um, she shows me not really playing or interacting too much, but it's, it's intriguing to watch it swing. She says that um, this would be fun, but if you did that with her on a daily basis, um, it is amazing. Uh, the, the cats that play with their people, privately, separate from Teddy. In other words, you need to keep him in a separate room so he doesn't get involved because then she's got to feel like she's got to walk away because Teddy's so big and she feels she's so small. Um, It will probably help build her self-esteem, in part because playing with a timid cat, scientifically, scientists have observed it releases good-feeling endorphins, the good-feeling chemicals in the body, helps them feel good about themselves, and when they're in play, they can't be in fear. When they're in play, they can't be in timidness. So having that energy experience every day of play, 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 in other words, feeling good about myself repeatedly, can really help a cat to blossom. But again, do it separate from Teddy. And if you feel like you've got to do Teddy too, that's fine. But do them separately out of sight so he can't interfere. Teddy very much admits he often, more often than not, wants you all to himself. He just, it, this is his way of loving you. He knows that it's not the best way because it's at the exclusion more often than not of Sarah. He says he tolerates Sarah at times. Um, he doesn't dislike her. He just 
<laughs> he says I'm like the big brother and she's like the kid sister and I want to keep her in that small kid arena. Okay. So I'm going to remind him that kindness, true generosity of spirit allows all beings, including our siblings, in this case Sarah, to be who they are. You get to be who you are and she gets to be who you are, who she is. And again, no competition is even possible, Teddy, because your relationship is too unique with your person for there ever to be a duplication of such. He says, I need this reminder. Thank you. We've got five more minutes. What else for these guys? Um, Oh, several things. One, well, I want them to both know that Daisy passed if they're not aware. Um, But I wanted to know about Sarah and her tooth. Um, I was wondering if you could ask her about her tooth. Okay. Are we talking a fang tooth, a premolar molar? Do you know which one specifically? Uh, bottom left canine. Okay. Tooth. Perfect. So, Sarah, can we look at your bottom left canine? You know, she shows me the, um, the mucous membrane uh, as if it was a little loosey-goosey, okay, um, around the tooth itself. She shows me it, it doesn't look inflamed. I don't get heat. I don't get pain. Um, just feels like it's looser around the tooth and, well, looser in its place, space, let's put it that way, versus it being tight when acid is causing you any, any sort of sensation, tingliness, anything at all. She says, tell mom it's fine. Um, did she have a tooth removed here? Yeah, there's no tooth. Well, That's it wasn't removed. Goosey-goosey. <laughs> okay. There's nothing to hold on to. Okay. No, she, um, I went away, uh, I was away, and I came back, a pet sitter was taking care of her, and her tooth was broken. I didn't even know it was broken. It looked fine to me, but her mouth was wiggling a lot. I'm like, what's going on with your mouth? And then it took me a couple days because it looked fine, and then all of a sudden it must have, it must have just been, like, um, fractured, and then, like, within a couple days I saw that she walked to me one day, and I was, like, a couple days later, like, oh, my goodness, and her tooth was sticking out of her mouth. And so, yeah, it had broken off, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, let me ask her, so is there any... I wonder if it hurts and then, yeah, and what's going on with it and should I have the rest removed or, um, okay. you know. Sarah, can we feel the root if there's any root left? There is a small, yes, fragment, she says, left. And what does your person need to do about She says nothing. Is it infected? She says, you look. And she's showing me all clean. She's not showing me infection. She says there was bacteria eating around the base of that tooth. She feels that's partly what weakened or kind of ate away, um, like a beaver eats at a tree. She shows me that. And the tooth, yes, went lopsided. All right. Uh, so um, yeah, I was wondering sure if it was no um, the root. kind of trauma or it was, um, yeah, or, or it was something else. I wasn't sure. Uh, no, it wasn't, it, Teddy didn't do this, is what she says. Nobody knocked into me. I didn't fall. No, it, it feels like this is her mouth did this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, good to ask about the root. Um, Sarah, if you, if you at some point have issues, because a lot of retained roots can sometimes cause issues for animals, uh-huh. Sarah, if yeah. it becomes a problem, how will you let your person know? She says that she'll drink a lot of water to try to cleanse her mouth, what else? and because it would start producing heat if it became a problem, so she would also drink to try to cool the mouth with water, what else would you, she probably wouldn't stop eating, but you would see her start chewing a lot on like the other side of the, the mouth, like if, if you noticed her eating, it was like she would put all the food to the back right, mm-hmm. okay. okay, and you would see her pawing at her face, cleaning her face a lot, 
on that left side. So those are things that I'll let her know that your person will keep an eye for, out for from here on out so that she can recognize that as clues. So please do use those clues we talked about today if indeed you have an issue. She says she will. Okay. She says, right. tell Teddy not, be, not to be a hog about food. She shows me a single food bowl being put down, and she shows me Teddy going over and claiming it as his, even though he's not eating out of it. When I asked Sarah, what is this about? I'd like to get my own bowl. Um, does Sarah have her own bowl of food, or do you share? Yeah. No. She has her own. Yeah. Where is it kept? That was, another, that was my other question about the food. Um, yeah, she... Uh, I was wondering what her favorite foods are and if she has a, her and Teddy seem to have issues with food and I'm wondering, you know, um, what to do about that. Um, I feed them usually down in the kitchen. Um, I have, I usually have a bowl for each of them once in a while I'll put down one, like it's just one of them is around, but I usually try to put down two bowls of food and sometimes different kinds of food as well. Um, okay, okay. I just want to check on placement. Um, she doesn't mind coming to the kitchen to eat. That's fine because mom's there. Like you supervise, <laughs> you're right there. All right, so Sarah, what what kind of food do you want to eat? What do you want? Soft food, variety, not the same thing. She says Teddy's pickier than me. Okay, any sorts of protein sources? Chicken versus beef versus rabbit versus. She says mom can pick. Mom can pick. So Teddy was leading more towards the fish earlier. Um, do you have a preference for fish? She says, no, when asked, you have a problem with your food. Okay, digestive enzymes are coming up for her. Um, digestive enzymes are naturally produced by the body's organs, usually the pancreas and the gallbladder, um, and they are secreted naturally by the body and put into the small intestine in order for absorption and breakdown of food and nutrients to take place after the stomach has already done its job. So what do you want to tell me about your digestion? She's feeling she's a little lacking in the digestive enzyme area. Her body isn't producing as adequate amount as it should. She tells me that this makes her, no, excuse me, it makes Teddy finicky, and it makes you what? She says, it makes me want to eat small meals at a time. Uh, okay, so what does this have to do with Teddy? You brought him in. She says he has the same issue. Teddy, would you agree, digestive enzymes... He said, oh, yeah, they're my friends. I would like them. Uh, let me just go to the universe for a minute. Universe, please. Our digestive enzymes, which is a tasteless powder that she could add easily to any wet food, or if she adds it to dry, she can add some water. And is this appropriate at this time for Sarah? The universe says, yes, appropriate for Teddy by chance. Yes. Um, do you already have them on this by chance? Um, I have them on vitamins. They're... It's a really, um, really, really good brand of vitamins. It's a powder um, that I sprinkle on their food. I don't know if there's a probiotic in it. I can check. Um, it's a very high-quality vitamin. Okay, so uh, see if it has digestive enzymes. So probiotics and digestive enzymes are two different things. Probiotics are the, the good gut bacteria that are in the intestines. They also do help, yes, the body absorb nutrients, break down food. But digestive enzymes are, are different. Uh, they're a different pro product. Um, I can also ask her, Sarah, your awareness on probiotics. Do you need those? Not so much as digestive enzymes. Um, Teddy, your opinion? He says, I just want it to taste good. And when he gets bored with the food, he walks away from it. Um, is it because of anything with your, your digestive system, Teddy? He says, no. He says, it's fine. I do need more moisture, though. Um, Moisture-type foods you'll find, of course, very best in canned foods. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, sure. So we are at time. Did you get all your questions asked? I guess. I guess there were, I guess, a couple more. Like I said, I was hoping, like I said, I wanted them to know that Daisy passed, and I wanted them to understand that. Um, because they, I felt they both pretty, clearly know she passed. They do. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Teddy has stepped up to the plate in trying to help you with Daisy's mm-hmm. you know, transition. He's trying to be there for you. Um, and Sarah's taking her usual um, in the background. I mean, she, she, she's not doing anything different regarding Daisy's transition, in part because Teddy has been hogging you. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's why you need to have that out loud conversation in the days ahead about asking Teddy to give space for Sarah, have a generosity of spirit, because, um, you know, honestly, if he was to step into that and do it, it looks like you would be a mother, well, human, cat mother, <laughs> smothered by two very loving cats. You wouldn't have one cat playing, you know, second fiddle in the background. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um. All right, well, let me go ahead and thank everybody. Uh, Daisy, thank you. <laughs> she wagged her tail. Uh, I had the cutest greeting for Mom when Mom would come home, by the way. She was kind of telling me that as an aside. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Teddy. And we are set for today. Okay, thank you Very so good. much. You're welcome. Yeah, just give me 24 hours, and I'll email you the recording. And okay. I, I wish you peace and comfort. I know it's always hard, no matter how many animals we have in life, and whether we can talk with them or not, the loss of a family member is not always easy. It's, it's never easy. Um, no. And I don't know if it gets easier. But Daisy is still very, very with you, <laughs> very, very close to you. And if you open your inner senses or make it your intention to open your inner senses to sensing her when she's around you, I think you'll feel her presence a lot more. Okay. I'll do that then. Mm-hmm. Tell them all thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, you have a great day, Mary Beth. You too. Thanks so much. Sure. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.